I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No, no. What you're going to have to do is get the seats professionally cleaned <laughs> and then send me the bill. <laughs> of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host Jamie and I am joined by Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Good to be here. It is the moment that all Celtic fans have been waiting for. It's the moment that we have been waiting for with our bated breath. They have come from above and delivered Stephen the much lauded, much talked about, much <laughs> anticipated January review. It has landed as well as um, the Celtic interim financial reports. They put it out as a winner as they said they were going to do last week. Yeah, the, the clouds have parted and the gods have looked down from Mount Kerrydale to bestow upon <laughs> us some new <laughs> some new information on the the managerial review. I, I mean, we're, we're going to get into it. I'm trying to, I might need managing tonight. I might need a little bit of coaching and guidance because I'm mm. trying my best not to get carried away too early. I'm trying my best not to come on a podcast like I'm some kind of guest verse by DMX or something like that. <laughs> but going to DMX was a rapper by the way, kids. I, I, I just... Just, out, just out, shouting a lot dead, of crap, uh, crap over the top of everyone. So I'm trying my best not to do that. So we'll, we'll get into it all. But yeah, one Look. thing we cannot say is that they haven't delivered it yet because it has been delivered. But it's been know. delivered, as confirmed by John Paul, Celtic supporters liaison officer, um, on Twitter today when someone asked him, "Is this the January review that we've been waiting for?" The January review has landed. I think before we hit the chairman's comments on the, the the sort of what they might have called the January review. And for sure, I need to stop saying January review. There was um there was the Celtic interim results. And I think in the context of season, it's maybe worth having a wee skim over the Celtic financials because it is a unique season. It is, quote, the new normal. Um, and I suppose we just need to touch on it a wee bit because these are things that the board have attributed to Celtic's collapse this season a little bit, I suppose. The club's announced that revenue has decreased uh, down 23.7% to 40 million. So that is down from 53.3 million last year. They suffered a loss in player trading at 0.3 million pounds. The net cash in the bank, though, still amounts to 19.7 million pounds. That's a drop from this time last year when we had 32.9 million pounds and we made a loss of 5.9 million pounds. Now, I suppose the positive takeaways from that are we are coasting through a pandemic. We're going to go the whole season without any fans in the stadium. And we've still got 20-odd million in the bank as a, as a, as a lovely little cushion. Uh, the comments in the report said the prolonged summer transfer window, the impact of COVID and, crucially, 
the loss of our passionate supporters of matches have undoubtedly had a damaging effect on our performance levels in domestic and European competitions. But we recognise that our performance has not been good enough. So let's take that piece by piece, Melly. How much of an effect do you think the prolonged transfer window negatively had on Celtic? I suppose it did have an effect because it was longer we usually get to the end of August and that's it done. It was going on to October here and we were well into the season rather than just one or two games into the season. But I would go back to the board and say, well, the thing that really hampered Celtic was, wasn't was the extended transfer window. It was your manager coming out and telling the whole world that a few of his players wanted to leave and didn't want to be here when there was still time left in the window. Then when the window shuts and those guys are still here, we're wondering, well, who were the guys? Why didn't they go? Why didn't you sell them? Are they going to be players that we can use going forward? All those questions. So I think that would have a more of an effect on Celtic. But again, with the prolonged transfer window, it doesn't make a difference. Celtic were still signing players up to the end of the window and it was too late. We were already out of Europe. Yeah, that's something I would say, Stephen. Celtic benefited somewhat from the prolonged transfer window um, by allowing them mm. to bring in players towards the, the deadline that we wouldn't have been able to sign otherwise if the window shut when it did. But it's this notion that I'm struggling with, Stephen, that, you know, the, the prolonged summer transfer window, what I'm reading from that is, and what I'm going to do on this episode of the podcast, rather what I'm not going to do, is there's no reading between the lines anymore. So for a couple of weeks in this podcast, Celtic have been saying A, and we've been saying, could they mean this, could they mean that? There's none of yeah. that now, because this is them, this is the straight for the horse's mouth, this is them had their opportunity to tell us what they're going to tell us. So if there's nothing on here, then we're not going to read between the lines, we're not going to attribute anything to it. This is gospel from yon high, right? The, if it's in there, we'll find it. If it's in there, we'll find it, Stephen. And this is the, the prolonged summer transfer window. This notion that that somehow hampered the team because guys were itching and scratching for moves and all that sort of stuff... Are we keeping players here against their will or something? I mean, can we not convince these players? Is there is this a tacit admission that we sort of kept players here who wanted to leave and the fact that they wanted to leave was affecting their performance badly? Is that what that's admitting there? It's, it's so hard to make sense of, of what any of this means because it's, it's at the same time fairly blunt and also, well, also kind of relatively baffling. I don't... What am I to take from this? Yes, that we've basically gambled, we've basically been hostages to this 10 in a row stuff and not a single rational decision has been made the entire time. We've ended up with a squad full of players with, who didn't want to be here and we thought that was better than getting rid of getting them. Getting new ones. But, and getting new ones and right. because we had a longer time to, in which to do that and then we threw them all under the bus and then that get even worse. <laughs> and I, can't, I can't even make well, any head nor tail of this. It's absolutely bizarre. So let me say this to you. He's just a good player. You can't keep a good player down for long. He was maybe disappointed that things didn't materialise the way he wanted in the first half of the season, but he's settled now. His all-round game is top class at the moment. He makes us better. There's no doubt about that. That's Neil Lennon this weekend on Odds and Edward. So I think what we're being told here is we had a whole bunch of players that wanted to leave. And rather than sell those players, Stephen, and get new ones in, as you pointed out, we just kept them about even though they weren't performing for six months. Why are we so unequipped to replace players. Are you telling me we couldn't go out and get another Odson Edward? I know it'd be very difficult, but if you're willing to spend the money we would have got for Odson Edward in the summer, we would have made a right good job at it. This is even Tony. again just a lack of planning, isn't it? Ivan there you go, Ivan Tony. Yeah, yeah. It's this is not really placating me in any way. It's just kind of making me a bit more pissed off. 
Yeah, you know, by saying that prolonged summer transfer window, all that is to me is just an admission that the transfer strategy failed in the summer. Yeah, massively. And the players we did get in appear on the surface of things to be completely unsuitable for what the objectives of the season were. They were just, I don't know if it was a combination of them being available at just at the right time. They looked not too far into them, just looked, well, they're quite expensive, so they must be quite good. We'll bring Albion Aguete in because he's five million and he came from West Ham. How bad can he possibly be? And I'm not saying he's a bad player, but if, well, I think we can all agree. I don't think there's much debate that the signing hasn't worked out to date. There's no doubt no. about it. It hasn't been a good signing to date. That could completely change next season. But as we sit here, pouring over the details in this, this statement, uh, and I can confirm right now as well, my statement on the statement is I have statement fatigue. <laughs> I'm completely <laughs> and utterly sick of digesting statements for the podcast. But the, the, the transfer stuff as well, it's I'm maybe kind of branching off into a side subject as well, but further on in this statement, they have claimed credit for retaining big players because yeah, of we'll the goals ahead. The, you you yeah. took the words so, literally out of my mouth. There is that. So we've, they've wanted credit from the fans for retaining these players when they didn't want to be here. And I'm like, well, that doesn't, that just simply doesn't work. That's not a good thing. Not only that, but Neil Lennon has told us on a number of occasions this season that there weren't any bids for these players anyway. Where does the credit come in keeping these yeah. players when nobody wanted them and they didn't want to be here? That is absolutely baffling to me. Again, to, a word I keep using, but it's the only, it's the only one I've got for it. Um, the impact of COVID-19, we're not going to get into all that again. Everyone's living in lockdown. Everyone's living COVID at the moment. It's, it's people have been living this for the past year. So we, we don't need to give you a potted history of COVID-19 and how it's affected the squad and the players and all that sort of stuff. We've discussed that at length over the last couple of weeks. But obviously that has been attributed here in the statement. This one is uh, another one that I want to pick up on. Melly. It says, Crucially, the loss of our passionate support at matches has an undoubtedly a damaging effect on our performance levels in Europe and domestically. I mean, it's, let's be blunt, it's shite not being at the football. It's crap watching it at home. It's crap missing out on the date. It's crap having the whole thing. Are you surprised though how heavily the club are leaning on this? Because it doesn't seem to have affected many other clubs in the same way it's affected us. Yeah, it's the thing that's pissing me off the most about Celtic recently. This, a club like no other, pretending to us that, oh, these daft fans will buy this. We need them. We need them. It's a lot of nonsense. An absolute piece of nonsense because... If fans aren't there, they're not there for the other team either. And everybody else is getting on with it. Nobody else is bringing it up as much. We've heard how Celtic are one of the most the teams most affected by COVID. Nonsense. It's all nonsense. If fans aren't there, you have to get on with it. And I keep going back to the fact that if fans aren't there and you're looking at the Celtic squad, that's the best squad in the league apparently, the most expensive, the highest wage bill, probably the highest paid manager, we've got the best facilities, we've got the best of everything, yet our players, our manager, all need the cheering on of fans to do their job. Nonsense. If the fans aren't there, Celtic should win 9 out of 10 games every time because there's no excuses then. It's just the 11 v 11, tactics v tactics, fitness v fitness, strength v strength, and Celtic have been absolutely dreadful in that. It comes down to a lot of things, but this, or oh, we needed the fans. The only reason the manager is still in his job is because the fans aren't there to vent their frustration. So you cannot say we're missing the fans, but at the same time, you're keeping the manager in his job because we aren't there to vent our fury. It's mm. utterly bizarre the way they're going about this. One thing, Stephen, that I would say was, say we take the prolonged summer transfer window, the impact of COVID-19 and the loss of the supporters... I'm Can I just still jump in there again, Jamie? Skeptic. Just on the, the whole summer transfer thing, again, it's Celtic pretending like a club like no other, as if 
these players weren't coming up to just having the time in their contract where it was the ideal time to sell them. Again, Celtic, like, oh, players at our club want to move on to bigger or better things. As if every single club in the world doesn't go through that, have players that they think might they might need to replace or at some point I want to go. Why is it always us that's underprepared for Champions League, underprepared to sell players, underbidden for players that we could easily got. Even Antonio have already mentioned that Barry Fry came out and said Celtic could have got them. They just didn't want to pay the money. Then you go out and sell Odson Edward and you've got a Yeti and Tony in there as replacements. But they choose not to. They choose to go down the hard route every time and make it more difficult for themselves. Why is it always Celtic that do that? Maybe that's what they mean when they say a club like no other. Maybe that's what they mean. <laughs> a club like no other. Yeah. But what do you mean? Oh, we're always fucking up transfers. We're always making a mess of things <laughs> that we don't plan properly. We're, we're absolutely freewheeling it here. You'll never believe it. We're just letting no other, no other club runs like this. You're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would. Uh, uh, so, Stephen, those three things that the the chairman mentioned in the the report that have uh, affected the the performance on the pitch, I feel that these are all things, and I've said this before. These are challenges that we should have been able to overcome. However, I feel like these challenges and these reasons are all kind of undermined by some of the sort of, and I don't want to get into this whole argument again, but some of the bizarre tactical things we've seen, some of the bizarre squad selections, some of the on pitch performances from certain player. It's so, yeah, you're looking at these problems. The transfer window closes. You've got your lot. But, that, I mean, I'm not looking at the, the Sparta Prague pumpings and going, oh, that was the transfer window's fault. That's COVID's fault. That was the manager's fault. That was yeah, that was, yeah, that was yeah. terrible performance on the day from the team, the manager, everyone involved. And these excuses don't really, for me, explain those results, Stephen. No, and see, see with regards to a, a final thing on the players wanting away as well, while we're on this, that's nothing new either. See, unless you're Real Madrid, a fair portion of your players at any club are going to want to leave, are going to want, are going to have at least their eye on the next move. Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe a a, a terrible extreme example, but Cristiano Ronaldo wanted to leave Man United for about two seasons before he finally did as well. But what he did was he decided to, you know, kind of knuckle down and all that and went on and won the Ballon d'Or and then then left. (laughs) I'm not suggesting anyone (laughs) should do that at Celtic, but what I'm saying is, these aren't like these insurmountable odds that we've suddenly found ourselves with. We're the only club who's dealing with players who want to leave. In fact, this isn't a deliberate connection. It just so happens it's the same club. But how long has Paul Pogba wanted to leave Man United for just yeah. now as well? It's th- th- this kind of thing happens all the time. But yeah, here's poor us sitting in the corner moaning about how half the squad wants to leave and we'll force them to stay because, you know, the 10 and, and all this kind of stuff. It's It just, it doesn't... It doesn't wash you, me. It doesn't wash that no. we keep... I said, I joked on here a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember when, I mean, the long-running joke now is that these podcasts are all getting the same, so I can't tell one from the other because it's just constantly reacting to the pish Celtic are serving up. But I joked on here that Celtic's biggest problem was that football exists outside of their own bubble and people pay attention to it. So yeah. anyone who knows anything about football outside of the, the goldfish bowl of Glasgow knows that these excuses don't wash and that's Celtic's biggest problem. We know that this type of thing happens everywhere and Celtic just expect us to swallow it. We're told that the, the summer that Neil Lennon's own words that he said that he was delighted with the transfer window, managed to keep the players brought in, what was it, five or six players that are probably first team ready mm-hmm. players straight in there so in the face of that you're going 
well, that's good. We, we should be well set for the season. Yes, maybe some players want to leave. Everyone was happy with the transfer bid. window. Everyone was happy with the transfer window. Everybody, yeah, us, yeah. everybody, every every single fan thought, "Fucking hell, man! All these players were brought in. We've managed to keep our top stars. This is this is going to be a cakewalk." When you look at it that way, the board sort of done their job there. They retained the players. They brought players in. They've brought this up in the statement. So, what was the problem then? Well, the guy you've you have hired to manage those players isn't doing his job because that is a team of champions you kept them all together bar Fraser Foster you probably enhanced the squad by the looks of it yet every single player is underperforming the manager's underperforming what do you change because if you're the board you're looking at well we did everything there we done everything there from our side of the thing everything's going well but on the pitch it's not well change the manager then but they've stuck with him and this is the rewards they get my, my issue here is and I feel like we can't move away from this players wanting to leave thing but my issue here is right so see you've got a player Stephen Odson Edward that wants to go right and Melly you said the board have done their job they kept the players the board have not done their job by keeping the players because if they're admitting here that keeping the players was an issue then they should have sold them because yeah. if you've got a player Odson Edward right and Ryan Christie and just pick Christopher Ayer they're the three of them right and they're in training every day and their levels are down they're you know that they're on their phone to their agent every other day and they're talking amongst themselves oh, I'm trying to get a move here I'm trying to get and their heart's no in it why in God's name do you keep them? If it's a, if they're, if, they're, if that attitude is affecting their performance, then you don't keep them. So I want to know, whether they dis- did the board see this? Were they aware that this was happening? This situation came up where there was a couple of players whose performances were so affected by the fact they wanted to leave and the board just ignored it? Like you say, Stephen, like football doesn't exist elsewhere. Like this, this isn't a tried yeah. and tested thing. Like this doesn't happen at clubs or we're just going to keep them. Did not one person go... Sure, that's a good idea. He really wants to go. You surely didn't get, you know, sit around, have a wee transfer meeting one day and go, Neil, look, we're a bit concerned about, you know, we've, we've read what you're saying or you've emailed us or you've spoken to us about Ryan Christie's performance. Is this because he wants to go? Aye, aye. Right. Do you think we should sell him? No, we should definitely keep him. But, Neil, you've complained definitely about his performance and then- in training and, and his, <laughs> his contribution in the matches. And these guys, they sound as if they're really not putting in the work. Are you sure we should keep them? No, no, definitely keep them. Not one voice, not one person in the whole club went, we need to sell these guys and cash in. Alternatively, if you're going to keep them, what we could do is, and bear with me here, we could just criticise them in public, see if that works. <laughs> aye, aye, yes. <laughs> no, those are the two options, both both great, I'm sure we can agree. I know it's easy to sit here, and there'll, be, there'll be people listening to this saying, but aye, they couldn't sell players because of 10 in a row and all that, but this is what I mean when I say that this is why these guys are paid the exorbitant fees that they are <laughs> to, to be able to make these decisions, to be able to make sensible, rational, sober decisions in the running of a football club. See if they sell players at the start of the season because they want away. Yes, the fans would be very, very upset about it, but we would need to go over that pretty quickly. And how you go over that is by replacing them, by replacing yeah. them and putting in performances yeah. on the pitch, which they you know, singly failed to do. So I do appreciate that it's a difficult balance to strike getting rid of players in this you know, season of all seasons and I think it's quite easy to forget the season that this was supposed to be now that it's been dead for the better part of about three months but th- this was supposed to be an historic season uh, so I do appreciate that it wouldn't have looked good but our problem is that this board and the manager do far too much 
based on saving face and what things will look like in public yeah. rather yeah. than making the right decisions. So that was the that was the sort of business. That was the business bit of the the, the January review. That was the Celtic's interim report that they obviously have to release because of a PLC and financial blah 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 all that. The bit that was of most interest to me was the chairman's message to fans, which came out as a separate document. Um, and I'm not going to read it all out because that would be so boring. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through the highlights here. I've cribbed some notes off it. So he says, the first thing that I wanted to discuss was this paragraph. He says, in recent weeks, the club has been subject of widespread comment, mostly concerning, but not limited to, the team's performance. I have received correspondence from fans expressing their anxiety and seeking information. These messages and feelings are not being ignored, and I accept with due humility what has been said. The frustration that is expressed is clear and unambiguous. It is shared through the whole club. That includes directors, our football management team, staff and so this is obviously in response to the protests outside the ground, Stephen, the social media, Ghostbusters, no smoking, stop tweets, <laughs> all, all, all that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, it's sort of in this, I suppose, he's saying to the fans, look, we we if we're feeling it too. It's a bit milk toast, though, isn't it? Good word, I like that milk toast like indeed. That, yeah. um, the thing is, right, that part of the statement that simply can't be true. It can't be true at all. What he says is that it's shared throughout the whole club and that includes the football management team. The frustration is the football management team. How can they possibly share that view? How can they share the frustrations while also using words like hysteria, using terms yeah. like settle down and have faith in the management structures whenever these frustrations are actually put to them? Whenever these frustrations are expressed to the football management team, what we get back is nothing but chicken nonsense. <laughs> so mm. I don't believe that our frustrations as fans can possibly be, as stated there, shared by the whole club. The two things simply don't marry for me because of the because of what we've seen in the press. It, it's, the two things can't be true. It goes on to say, across all media platforms, we have been asked to communicate our reaction to events on and off the park and re reveal our decisions and intentions. Now, this is something like another drum we've been banging on this podcast for a long time, Melly. Tell us why it's going on, tell us what's going on, tell us your thought processes, tell us the rationale for doing what you're doing. Um, he's, he goes on to say, it's worth saying that over the period in question, the football manager has, manager has addressed each and every game we've played. <laughs> Don't know what that means. Uh, the club has made announcements dealing with the speculation over the manager's future. Um, you, well, they kind of did. Um, the COVID outbreak amongst our players in January, the appointment of a new CEO and player sales and signings at the end of the January transfer window. Melly, the manager has addressed each and every game we've played. I don't think anyone was ever denying that Neil Lennon came out after the games and, and um, fulfilled his contractually obliged post-match <laughs> interview. I don't think that was anyone's beef, was it? No, if, if, I think the problem the fans had that was Neil Lennon did address every game by being there. The, 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 what we wanted was Neil Lennon gone and the, the, the board coming out and saying... We listen to the fans. Well, no, you didn't, because every single fan near enough wanted the manager gone. That I have never seen this in any any season, any club, a, a club keeping a manager against the fans' will like this. It's unbelievable that he's went on so long after rock bottom and then had another rock bottom and had about four, five, six further rock bottoms. If they were listening to the fans, if they were listening to the negativity. <laughs> Sound like Jerry the King Lawler there, Melly, calling it all these rock bottoms. Good old JR. We just need a people's elbow in there to finish it. But if they had to listen to the fans, then they'd have been gone long ago. But they, they simply didn't. They chose to 
ignore it, which made people express on Twitter and go on straight away Lennon out. And this is what they get from it by not listening to fans. Neil Lennon addressed in every game. Of course, it's his job. That's the bare minimum as a Celtic manager you to turn up, address the game, whatever that means, and speak to the media. Again, the problem is he addressed the game, but he didn't do his job during the, during the game by motivating the players, giving them good tactical instructions, making good substitutions. He's failed at every part of his job, but he's still there. And this is the thing that's not addressed. I did enjoy that bit about how it's worth saying over the period in question, the football manager has addressed each and every game we have played. What? Yeah, and there's a full stop at the end of it. Is the conversation <laughs> over? It's worth saying the football manager has addressed each and every game we've played. Full stop. <laughs> the, the, the following sentence as well. The club has made announcements dealing with speculation over the manager's tenure. Aye, and everybody was raging at it. That that was the source of all the problems was that statement in the, in December when you came out and backed the guy. As if they're saying, oh, we've already made this statement. As if everybody's just going to go, oh, yeah, you know what? So you did. Case closed. Can I just, that, that's absolutely can I just say as well on this? See this this word speculation over the manager's tenure. See that word speculation. The only reason people have sat over the Christmas New Year period speculating about Neil Lennon's job is because the board told us there would be a review of it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the only reason. If the oh, board came did. out it, and said he's staying to the end of the season, shut up. Then nobody yeah. would nobody would still think he was getting sacked. But what they did was they created speculation about <laughs> his job. All that statement did was prolong and deeply intensify the speculation, not end it. They didn't end any speculation with that statement. They just drove it up. Aye. it's. I, I mean, to me, that was that was that was peculiar. Um, the COVID outbreak amongst players in January. We discussed that on an individual podcast. The club were unhappy. They felt they were unfairly treated. It'd be int- interesting to see though. A couple of Rangers players apparently were at a house party um, mm. recently. It'd be interesting to see what actions taken against them, if any action. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see action taken, not just, you know, COVID safe, making sure they isolate and all that. But I think there needs to be some sort of punishment for such a blatant, blatant breach of the rules. Uh, null and void. Um, no, <laughs> null and j- jokes aside, there needs to be some sort of statement or action about that because that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, it says across a plethora of media channels, Comments and criticisms are instant. Evaluating our options in order to make the right decision at this time in the club's history cannot be instant. I took this as a wee dig at fan media, if I'm perfectly Mm. honest with you. I took a wee dig at fan media here. Across a plethora of media channels, above, you know, in his previous comment, he says across all media platforms, and there's a definite change in language here. I wonder if this is a little dig, Stephen, at fan media and what the club might consider a bit of fan media hysteria driving agendas or whatever. I I wouldn't like to speculate on that, but to me, that was a little dig at fan media. It could be, but if it is, then it reads to me like one of these Facebook posts that's like, oh, some people you can't trust. The club subtweeting us? Is that what you're saying? Are they they subtweeting us? Are they substatementing us? Some some people spelled S-U-M-P-P-L in capital letters. You can't trust snakes everywhere. It's fan media. <laughs> Imagine that was it. Selling statements, just one of those Facebook posts. One of those Facebook posts. Snakes everywhere. Just going to stick to me and my own now and my own family or something like that. That's, 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 basically, that's basically what it's saying. Um, it says, we are in the period of review we indicated in our announcement of 7th of January and I must state clearly that all decisions will be taken calmly and rationally. We will not make any decisions that we might regret. So they're in the period of review. So is re- period of review another word for speculation? 
I'm just like speculating yeah. on things at the moment. Is this Schrodinger's managerial review at the same time it has ended, but is still going on? We don't know yeah. if it actually has concluded yet because this this basically is the statement regarding the review, but also they tell us that we're still in the middle of a review. I, I'm, again, I'm not. I'm unsure what to take from that, but see. See the hasty decisions thing, right? I'm back in the room. No more jokes when it comes to this bit because, mm. oh boy, did this get my, my hackles up, whatever that means, if oh. that is even a word. Because no one is asking anyone to make any hasty decisions whatsoever that you might regret. But unfortunately, the, the industry you're in, football, hinges quite a lot on making timely and quick decisions. No one asks you to be hasty because, right, okay, if, let's break the, down the evidence here, right? We asked you to get rid of the manager in October. So if the mm. decision-making process runs from October to February, and what planet is that hasty as we sit here just now? Because you could easily have said Speaking. to me in, in October, no, we don't want to make any hasty decisions. But to sit here now and call it hasty when three months have passed and things have undeniably got worse, how on earth is that hasty? Unfortunately, again, as I say, this is what they get paid the big bucks for. They need to make decisions. They need to make quick and difficult decisions, but they shirk responsibility. There's nothing hasty about it whatsoever. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I was struck by that, that phrase, we will not make hasty decisions that we might regret. Because you could say that uh, moments after the high of a cup final win, appointing the manager that's standing in the shiver right in front of you without even considering any other candidates at the time, 
might might be seen as a hasty decision. That could be seen as it certainly wasn't a decision that the. In fact, I'm pretty sure Peter Law said that he didn't even think about it for a second. Did you give anyone else any consideration? No, absolutely not. Didn't even have to think about it. I think was Peter Law's statement. So don't criticise the fans merely for wanting the manager replaced over a course of months of bad results when this is the same man that you appointed in the shower. Yeah, Peter Lawl off his tits on champagne makes the decision, but we are sitting here stewing and we are, we are the bad guys here. Again, it's just something to piss the fans off. If Does that statement need to be in there? Does that line need to be in there? It's just another dig for me. I mean, to come out and say that we are wanting these hasty decisions. The football we have watched in October, November, December and January has been abysmal. Some of the worst in Celtic's recent history, yet we're being told... Look, you are maybe all wrong here. All of yous are wrong, but we are right and we're not going to make any big hasty decisions. No, you're not going to make the big decision because it's your mate that's in the job and you don't want to make the hard decision. See the management decision thing that well, they claim is hasty or would have been hasty and even now, even now in February, would still be hasty to make that decision. Hmm. Right, there's nothing we can do about it now because we're in the position we're in because of the inaction of the board. We've been over it so many times. I'm not, I'm not going to drag us directly down that path, but just to make mention of this idea that it's a hasty decision... What they did was, and we said at the time, they, they bucked all football trends, they broke every unwritten rule, every law about football and stuck with a manager that was going nowhere. There was a, mm. a lame duck. And they they basically forced us to get on board with that, like it or lump it, right? So, right, that's absolutely fine. But what happens from that point on, the burden is on you to prove that that decision was the right one to make yeah. because everything else is moving on. So if you look at other clubs who have done so, Borussia Dortmund sacked their manager, got another one in, and now they've appointed next season's manager today. Marco Rosa has taken over next season, so they've made all these decisions when when they went to sack a manager. Chelsea sacked their manager, got another one in immediately. PSG sacked their manager, got another one in immediately. Right, okay, they're, they're all working out to varying degrees. So why should we believe you? Why should we believe Celtic that they're doing the right thing? We've got because two the board opposite... want to keep them. Po- Aye, let's, well, let's, just, let's just, let's be honest here, right? Aye. The board want to keep Neil Lennon in charge. Neil Lennon is going to be here next season. Full, full stop. Neil Lennon is going to be here next season. This is <laughs> this is what I think. The the club think Neil Lennon is the man to take the team forward. He think they think Neil Lennon is the guy, right? And once you accept that, everything else starts to make sense. Neil Lennon was hamstrung by see all these things they talk about the COVID, the the no players, the transfer window, all that sort of stuff. All that stuff is excusing the manager's performance. So all that is out with the manager's control. That is basically what this statement is saying. This statement is telling fans what we think happened here was all these items out with the control of the manager took place and Neil Lennon is still the man to take us forward because they believe him to be a successful manager. And it's probably something that I said on the podcast last week when we were talking about it or the week before that Neil Lennon comes in, wins a treble. They keep referring to him winning the treble. Neil Lennon comes in and wins a treble, proves he's a good manager, has a bad season this season, and the board are like, look, we know he's a competent manager. He's just had one bad season. We're not going to sack the guy. And do you know what? See, instead of this laboured crap, just come out and tell us. See, instead of this laboured review and kicking it down the road and blah, blah, blah. See if you want Neil Lennon to be here next season. Just tell us. However, I will completely torpedo my own point by saying, Melly, that maybe the reason they're not saying that is because he's not going to be manager next season. 
he simply can't be. If the board are coming out, are going to come out like they have and say maybe they, these things all hindered Neil Lennon's performance, right? Okay, we'll take that all into consideration. But what about the fact that we are in February and Neil Lennon has used three different formations and I can't, I can't for the life of me think he knows his best eleven or his strongest eleven. What about the fact that he's used three different goalkeepers and he doesn't know what's his best one? What about the fact that we were in Europe against Sparta Prague and get battered four one twice? We are nomads in Europe. We are nobodies anymore. What about his performance on the park? Because he seems to be getting all that wrong. His tactics, he doesn't know what mm, formation to yeah. play. He doesn't know what players to play. Shane Duffy have an absolute disaster week after week, yet still being in the team. He's got formations where he's playing two striker formations, but he's only playing one out and out striker. He's got it wrong so many times coming out and saying, oh, the consistency of selections hindered me, yet when he's got the same players available, he changes his team every single week. All these things you can say, oh, these hindered him. Yeah, okay, maybe they did, but his performance on the park has been utterly abysmal for any manager, never mind a Celtic manager. And see if you if they even entertain the fact that Neil Lennon is going to be the manager next season, they are in for a, a total shock because the amount of people that will not renew, the amount of people that will not go back to Celtic Park when you can't go back, there'll be thousands and thousands and thousands because you cannot continue with a manager that is one loss away from absolute chaos after every game. Every single game he loses now, People are expecting them to be sacked. We have been for months now. You cannot go into a new season with that hanging over the club. It would be utter madness to start off with that. It would be total incompetence from the board. It's an interesting thing, Mel, you picked up on the season tickets. Uh, the club said the virtual t- season ticket scheme has not been and cannot be a substitute for the real thing. Yeah, no shit, but you know, what can they do, I suppose? Uh, we do yeah. recognise that. We thank all of our season ticket holders for the fantastic loyalty they've shown the club. And, of course, we're working on ways in which we can acknowledge that. This is obviously them kicking down the road about the the added value or, or whatever yeah. they called it. To be fair, yeah. I, I kind of wish, think maybe the club should stand their ground a wee bit on that. What was the added value? Well... The added value, I suppose, could have been that they brought in a professional production company, they brought in better pundits, they brought in better commentators. It wasn't Tell just something. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like maybe if that's what if that was the idea, maybe stand your ground a wee bit. I'm pretty sure was there not two extra matches on the past to paradise that you don't wouldn't have normally got on your season ticket. I I I, I just feel like you know this is another holder digging themselves in here with this Aye, added value. It. You know what I mean? They just keep... stop kicking it down the road. They keep running their mouths and being held to it. That's the problem here. They, they yeah, keep talking. Yeah. They, they said something about added value and then were held to it and never explained what they meant by it. It's the same with this this review as well. They, they never expected yeah. to be held to this. They never once, never for a minute, did, did they expect that people would be emailing poor John Paul Taylor every two minutes and tweeting him every two minutes and tweeting the Celtic account on Twitter every two minutes asking where this review is. They must have been looking at each other going like, what are they talking about this review? Who said who said anything about a review? They're looking back through this statement. All oh, right, Christ, that was that stupid throwaway statement we made about about imagine looking they at the, the discussion about it. Imagine they imagine they proofread it. Go look, John or whoever writes the statements. You should see this word review. I'm not really happy with. It. Should we take it out because they might expect it? And John went, No, no, it's fine. Just leave it. No, 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 no. And then the word review has haunted Celtic's season. <laughs> Since they bloody put that statement out. Um, it said, your commitment to a season ticket supports our playing squad and allows us to invest in players, giving Celtic the best chance to deliver the playing success that we all want. The Celtic support at our matches is something we've missed of that. There is simply no question. Stephen, this is an interesting point because the only way the fans 
the fans that want Neil Lennon out of a job and the fans that don't want him to be manager next season and, and all that. They've written letters, they've protested out of the stadium, outside the stadium, they've had banners up at Lennon. Really, they've exhausted all that avenues here. With, with season ticket renewal on the horizon, that's really the only way, opting not to take a season ticket, it's really the only way the fans who want to have their voice heard feel kind of that they're going to have their voice heard now. Yeah, this this is a situation, right? We can talk here. We, we've spoken today about how you know the board are basically buttering us up, softening us up to deliver the yeah. blow. They're working the body just now, and they're going to come in there with the overhand right of Neil Lennon is going to be here next season. Yeah, that was a <laughs> fighting is... reference for people who don't know. It wasn't a sex <laughs> thing that Stephen was talking about. Buttering us <laughs> up, working the body. He's like, so yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, so so steamy this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Ron, what a raunchy podcast this is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a saucy, it's a saucy uh, romp on this podcast but, um, romp. Right, yeah the, the, We can talk about this just now But look, they can do that They're well within their rights to just put Neil Lennon in next season But on their heads be it Woe betide mm. them if they do that Because we're now in a situation where they are seriously compromising Their earning potential And for a business to be doing that Is absolutely incredible After releasing the the, uh, the, the reports, the, the, the financials today, for them to be doing a thing that potentially compromises their earning capability for next season is you know, unfathomable because we've now reached the stage with Neil Lennon where there was a, I'll not get too far in here, but there was a story very recently broke online where an actor, famous actor, had been fired from his or her job, very high mm. profile job. And I listened to a podcast that broke it down and said that the bottom line of it is that person started messing with the company's money. People started threatening to take away their money if that person remained in the role. And that's exactly the same with Celtic. People are threatening to not renew their season ticket yeah. purely because of the presence of one person. It's, I mean, it, it has almost become secondary to the results on the pitch because everyone has just accepted that. Now everyone has accepted that Celtic are deep down an ordinary team having an ordinary season you know we could debate the merits of that obviously but I think the 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 expectations have been gradually dropped over over the course of this season to the point where we're just talking about winning some games that's that's the best we can do for the season but it's the presence of one individual in a company that is potentially going to make people refuse to part with their money to the tune of potentially millions of pounds worth well, I to the company uh, I would I correct you there a wee bit and the difference is it's not so much the presence of one individual in Celtic's case, it's the performances. Neil Lennon isn't it's the performances have brought focus on that, but it's not a it's not a case of it's just because Neil Lennon's in the job. It doesn't matter who the manager is, if if I the think man, it is any though. manager. I think, think it is now though. I think it started out as the results and now has mm. become purely about getting rid, rid of Neil Lennon. I think he has become a, a toxic Mourinho esque presence in the club and no one no one likes him like we can Everyone's mm. having a debate over whether he remains to be a legend or anything like that. But if you're talking about a guy who simply must be removed for anyone to part with season ticket money, that's a, a bad spot to be in. It's a, it is a bad spot, Melly. It's an iffy situation because, you know, on the horizon, there's we've just spoke about the club's financials. Revenue's down. We've made a massive loss. The club will need back next season like never before. And especially if we are staring uh, down the barrel of the Champions route and at the Champions League again with some of the difficult ties and all the players that are going to leave. And, you know, Celtic deny there's a there's a rebuild on, but there's certainly some sort of project needed in the summer um, to get this team back on track. And they need as much money as humanly possible that they can get their hands on. And the, most of that money, as they're saying here, um, your commitment to season ticket supports our playing squad and allows us to invest in players. They're basically saying there, you know, look, if you want us to go out and buy the players and buy the the squad that we need to compete on all levels, you need to buy 
your season tickets. It's it's a, it's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? Oh, it's a massive gamble. It's a massive gamble to say to people, look, we've not really listened to you. What you want isn't what we want. We're just going to do our thing. But at the same time, could we have your money as well? Because for every person that won't renew, they'll probably think, ah, there's a waiting list there. It's a big gamble to think everybody in that waiting list is going to pay six hundred, five, six hundred pounds for a season ticket with a guy in charge they don't want. And it's a big gamble to think that a lot of fans can still afford a season ticket after everything that's happened. And there's no guarantee we're going to be in for the start of next season. There's absolutely no guarantee that you're going to be in your seat for all these games next year. So if Celtic are going to need to maybe make allowances for that and say, look, if you don't get in, you'll get X amount back. It's going to be a hard sell in any season, let alone a season where you've just capitulated, kept a manager against most of the fans' will and not listened to them and then come out with this review as if, well, what were you expecting? Because after this review of the day, I mm. thought about it tonight and thought, this is exactly what they were going to do. This is what they were always going to do, but we expected something oh, yeah. different. And I don't know why, because this is how we've been treated all season by them. So that's that. The, another statement that's left Celtic fans with more questions than answers, really. And I, yet again, we find ourselves with the the business of a football taking a back seat, which must, <laughs> must be must be bothering Neil Lennon a wee bit, Stephen, because the team look back to their old selves now. Well, they look more back. Do you know what? I'm being unfair. In, in, in spells in some of these last two games, and, and we're starting to rack up the wins now, it's looking a lot more like it. Well, yeah, I, I suppose so. But that that may be going towards what I said earlier about how lower expectations are now. That yeah. winning four games in a row is supposed to be, you know, it's, it's meant to be taken as some like mind blowing achievement in this season. And I suppose in context, it probably is. But I, th- I suppose it is very harsh to be sitting here talking at length about how bad Neil Lennon has been this season in amidst one of our better spells this season in mm. terms of the, the footballing results. I know that that's kind of harsh, but I'm afraid that's what the statement has has led us to talk about. The the two games that we've experienced this week have been, they're right, good in parts. I think there's been some good stuff in there, but I, th- the, I think the, the St Mirren game was maybe the most boring 4-0 win yeah. I've ever seen in football whatsoever. It was... It was a tough old slog until until Celtic suddenly got out of first gear and you know managed to force St Mirren into a bit of a crumble towards the end. To be perfectly honest, they didn't really stand up to it at all, which is surprising given how good St Mirren had been in the, the previous game against them. Yeah, there were both wins. The St Mirren won 4 0. It's a decent win, tough place to go. St Mirren have played well recently, they're a good team and it's beaten a top six team. Celtic don't do that regularly this season, but Again, I think 4-0 sort of flattered Celtic. We got the three goals within, what, three to five minutes when once we get the second one, it was sort of game, set and match. But before that, 1-0, Stephen Welsh goes off injured and uh, Shane Duffy comes on. You're a bit worried again because calamity, calamity back there. But the St Johnston game as well, some of it was dreadful to watch, like really, really boring. And it just reminded me of the... Ronnie Dyler's last season where we were sitting there thinking look this is Celtic have just got better players than these guys they've got better mm. players and yeah. that's why they're winning games they're mm. not imposing their style they're not breaking these teams down they're not moving things quickly they're not there's no style about them there's no identity they've just got better players when you've got Odson Edward you should be able to beat St Johnston 2-1 you should be able to go out and beat St Mirren when Celtic can call on Ryan Christie to come off the bench you should be able to beat these teams, but I just don't think we're really imposing a style and looking like we're going to go on some run where we'll beat Aberdeen, Hibs, Rangers well, on. all, we, we are, all are, one month. Yeah, I can understand what you're saying. I can understand what you're saying there, but you can't, 
can we really sit here and criticise the team for losing and then when they start winning wheel out the same criticisms I mean the, every, uh, it's, I'm getting a wee bit triggered here because of what we were talking in the group chat um, about a certain chick young on Radio Scotland uh, <laughs> this is unbelievable I was listening to this right and he's like, uh, is this what we're going to see now? Just the old firm, his words, not mine. The old firm winning 1-0 for now into the end of the season. And I'm thinking to myself, Celtic have just scored what, about, about 14 goals in five games. What are you talking about, Chick Young? And obviously when he Four says... Four goals that, against his team, St Mirren? Well, of course. <laughs> against that lie. Well, well, obviously he wouldn't be watching that. Um, four <laughs> his goals against team. his team, St Mirren. It's, it, it's, aye, I think, look, we need to give credit where credit's due and... and if the performances were bad before and the results were bad, there's obviously been some sort of turnaround. I think a lot of that can be attributed to Odson Edward. The guy is in absolutely sparkling form. He's sent me 15 goals in 21 games in the league. Just now, 0.86 goals per 90. He's almost he's almost back to where he was last season when he was absolutely flying. Too little too late, though. Obviously, it's a wee bit too late for Neil Lennon. Another player who's absolutely had the resurgent form, uh, according to Neil Lennon, was Steve A. May. Uh, he said they've added goals to their game, Stephen. And Cal is getting the best out of Stevie May, who's having a resurgence in form as well. Now, I don't like doing this, right? I am somewhat against pouring over every word that Neil Lennon says and picking it to pieces and saying, well, he said hadn't there when he should have said shouldn't or whatever, you know? And that's the level it's gotten to at some point, but I could not let this slide. Stevie May has had a resurgence in form. I don't think the boy has scored since about Halloween. I, you know, I, you've got the numbers there, do you know, Stephen? The 19th of December was the, the last time he scored in this resurgence of form that Neil Lennon speaks of. And since then, he's only started three of St. Johnson's 10 games. So it just, this is another one of these examples, right? We've, we've been here this season before as well, where Neil Lennon is out there, hashtag just saying stuff. It, he says things that make him sound like he doesn't know what he's talking about. And what we did back then was like, right, there was this example but maybe he means this, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Then there's example B. Aye, but if you read between the lines, what he really means is this. And we're back in this scenario again because it's not even the first time he's done this recently. Prior to the return against St Mirren, the, the one 4 now, he said something about expecting St Mirren to sit deep and defend at St Mirren Park. And I'm like, this is about 10 days after they pressed high at Celtic Park. Why on earth would you expect them to go at home and sit deep against a team that they pressed high in the previous... So why is he saying things prior to games that make him sound like he doesn't do any preparation for games whatsoever? Because no one's forcing him to say these things. He's no. offering this information, but it just sounds like he doesn't do the most basic of preparation. And that's what I want to say to you as well, and this as well. Like, we're no, I'm not sitting here saying Neil Lennon doesn't do game prep. That's absurd. He's a Celtic manager. Of course he does game prep, right? Of course he knows who St Mirren's dangerous players are and whatnot, right? But one thing that that he's terrible at is talking about the game in the way that fans now want to hear about the game a lot of the mm, time. Yeah. And in many ways, we were spoiled with Brendan Rodgers. In many ways, as Celtic fans. But the way he spoke about the game... And Neil Lennon is not incapable of talking about the game the same way Brendan Rodgers is. But it's another one for the Celtic PR department. You're like... Fan media exists. We are here. I'm not blowing our own trumpet, but a lot of the time, fan media and social media, I'm not just talking about podcasts, but big Celtic analytics blogs and all this, we drive the conversation. So mm, it, yeah. we're, we're here to talk about the game more deeply than some newspaper journalist who's going to write a back page on a story. For example, we want to talk about the tactics. We want to understand how the, the game is approached. 
So can you brief the manager a wee bit? Make sure, or you don't even have to brief him, just make sure if he's going to come out and highlight a danger man, make sure the guy's played some games recently and scored <laughs> since before Christmas. You know, like, yeah. uh, and look, it might have been a slip of his tongue, he might have meant somebody else. But it's, Lennon, but... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I well, maybe not, but uh, all I'm saying is just... Leave Lenny alone. <laughs> that <you're laughs> no, no, all I'm saying is all we can go on is what the club are telling us and what the manager says. So when the manager comes out and says something like that, that is just patent nonsense, it has to be brought up. We have to give it the old hashtag just saying stuff, Melly. Yeah, what you're saying is, Neil Lennon, please be better at your job. You cannot expect PR to come in and say to the manager, oh, go and not say that about a guy that's not played for, what, seven out of no, ten games? Be good at your job, Neil. Don't be around the bush here. Come on. Like if any other manager came out and said that, we would absolutely slaughter them, and rightly so. So we can't make allowances for our own manager doing it. See, Jamie, you mentioned Chick Young earlier, and I, d I don't like to do this to poor wee Chick, right? But why why on earth is he still covering football in the year 2021? Why is he still covering Scottish football? Because I think you said when we were talking about this in the group chat, this the, the much the oft previously mentioned, we don't do it as much anymore, but we talk about what goes on in the 20 Minute Tim's group chat. But when you, you said at the time, th this guy was probably covering football when our dads were our age. Why yes. is he still there? <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. And the reason they we cut were to him the other him, day, they cut to him and he was making a cup of tea. They cut to him and they went, oh, Chick's away making a cup of tea. I thought, what? Is Chick sitting in an old folks' home somewhere and they're just cutting back and forth to Chick Young in between his mince and totties? He's, he's not he's even watching time. the games. Uh, <laughs> oh, the reason we were talking about him at all is because I'd said to you is that he was out there talking about, the example he was talking about was Klopp at Liverpool and people are starting to call for his head, right, because they've had a terrible season, right, fair enough, which is kind of silly, but he, he referred to fans, or rather modern fans, as vindictive and evil for calling for managers' heads, and I'm like, oh, gee, calm down, check, Jesus, evil, evil for just saying, oh, well, that manager's no good enough, can we probably just get a new one, you're evil. But um, the, the difference I between Chick Young and Hugh Keevans is, Hugh Keevans has managed to become a national treasure, whereas Ch Hugh Keevans <laughs> is Simon Cowell and Chick Young is Piers Morgan. That's <laughs> 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 what an astonishing <laughs> comparison those are. There, there's your takeaway from this podcast. But I, I remember, Matt, Chick Young is someone, as long as I can remember, is just a guy who has been on the radio or TV or whatever, being paid to be confused about modern football, <laughs> or being, being paid to, to just rail against everything that's changing. I remember, more, what would that have been, 98, 99, when squad numbers first came in? I remember yeah. him being on the radio, being absolutely apoplectic that they'd introduce squad numbers because, oh, this this is ridiculous. Uh, there's never going to be like a famous number 14 or anything, is there? Here we are 25 years later and he's still on the radio being confused at what's going on right about him. Sorry, Chick. And sorry to you guys. Sorry to the listeners for ending Hi. this podcast on a on a Chick Young, a Chick Young rant. <laughs> oh, no, I, I hate this podcast now. Just, <laughs> we come on here and just be negative every week. I'm, I'm sorry to our, our loyal listeners that we've built up over the years. But look, all we can do is respond to the Celtic one. Absolute... Celtic have no stop winning the last couple of weeks. <laughs> we're still on here morning. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's Maybe it's fault. This would have been better if they hadn't served us up that absolute shit sandwich of a statement oh, today. Let me ask and you, I'm, see, before we end up, right? Before we end up, just one just one paragraph, right? What would what statement would make you happy? Celtic Football Club have announced that Neil Lennon will be leaving as manager of Celtic. The club would like to thank him for his service over the years. <laughs> that's, that's it. You, you, what Mel would have made <laughs> Melly happy was an announcement <laughs> that Neil Lennon has left his post. Do you agree with Melly's, Melly's sentiment, Stephen? Would that have made you happier? 
No, I, I, I strongly disagree with Melly's statement there. Actually, I actually think he was far too polite. So I, 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 I <laughs> disagree oh, with it entirely. <laughs> poor wee Neil, man. Poor wee Neil. Right, and on that bombshell, we shall wrap up. And, and before we finish up, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash 20-minute Tims. For a small monthly pledge, you can get hours and hours of extra Celtic podcasts and video content. All the details are up there, patreon.com slash 20-minute Tims. Stephen, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. Melly, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.